the nerds take over. Us? Huh? Welcome back, comic book fans, to another episode of Commentating. Joining me, as always, is my partner, Sebastian. It is Wednesday, December 14th? Uh, yes, it is. 14th. There we go. The 14th. It we're is almost, flying by. Yeah, we're almost Rogue forward. One is almost here. And I think it's like Christmas or something towards the end. Christmas, uh, Hanukkah. Isn't Hanukkah like right? Isn't it? Doesn't it start on like Christmas Eve this year? I, yeah, I think it it's is. It's a weird thing where it's like it's early one year, late the next year. Every time the holiday season comes up, I'm... I always recall the Krusty the Clown, you know, I have a Merry Christmas, a Happy Kwanzaa, a Tip Top Tet. <laughs> tip Top Tet is good. Good stuff. So yes, the December month is flying by, and of course, we still have new comics coming out, and we've got a few to talk about this week. Only a few. Um, there's a lot more that we wanted to do. There's some later stuff, like Green Valley 3 is out this week. Yeah. The Reborn 3 is out this week, two series that we love. Uh, Motor Girl 2 is out. Uh, was we really like number one for that as well the new Terry Moore book or something else I was thinking of that that escaped my mind all of a sudden DC uh, holiday specials out DC this holiday week. specials out this week DC holiday special is uh, it's the DC rebirth holiday special I guess but yeah usually every year or just about every year they release a, a sh- compilation book with short stories in it that are focused on the holiday season Christmas Hanukkah uh, Kwanzaa Ramadan. Uh, all those holidays that seem to fall towards the end of the calendar year. And you said this one has... It's Bruce Timm's story, right? Uh, Paul Dini. Paul Dini, excuse me. Paul, D, Paul Dini doing his uh, He's a got Batman a story. Harley Quinn short story. There you go. So uh, if, you're, if you're looking for Harley's creator to come back, yeah. he's got, he's got a little Flip through story. it. There's some, there's some good stuff in there. The art in there looks really good. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. Um, there's also Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows number two is out. Uh, I don't think we talked about number one, but actually a really fun book if you're looking for a Spider-Man book that doesn't necessarily have everything to do with what's going on in Peter Parker's life. It's a fun book that comes off of Secret Wars. Ryan Stegman does the art. It looks gorgeous. And oh, yeah. Flipping through, I was like, oh, man, this is... Who is this again? Look at the the credits. I'm like, oh, it's Stegman. No wonder why it's good. Um, I think the new Superman was last week. There's new action this week. Oh, yes. Yes, there is. Um what else was this week? There's something else that was... Uh, I was trying to think of something... Oh, Detective Comics is this week, which has been one of our favorites uh, throughout the these, this rebirth that's now six months old. I started seeing some of the issues are getting to number 12. Like Wonder Woman number 12 is oh, this yeah. week. And I'm like, oh, wow, it's been a whole year. Um, because, of course, they're double shipping, so... Uh, this week also sees the release of Inhumans vs. X-Men number one. This is Marvel's big fall slash winter event. They seem to do a spring event, a summer event, and then a, a fall and winter event. And this one, Inhumans vs. X-Men, is their winter event. Of course, their summer event becomes their winter event as well. Uh, Inhumans vs. X-Men, uh, we saw the miniseries Death of X talking about what happened in the time in between the end of Secret Wars and the, the now... Um, and uh, the the tensions between the two of them, the Terrigen Mist had been released uh, all the way back in Infinity. Yep, yep. And it is poisonous to mutants, which is killing them, much like the Legacy Virus, much like uh, the the Crusaders or the Blasphemers or whichever group was was murdering them. Um, they can't catch a break. Yeah, mutants. Scarlet Witch is no more mutants. So there's always something that is that is going to end their species, and in this case, it's the Terrigen Mist, which is going through. 
the world and then we find out in death of x that the x-men started a battle with the inhumans to try and destroy the cloud and it cost one of the x-men his life and this is the fallout from there where this is now a few months later they had called a truce at the end of that that event uh they had destroyed one of this there was two terrigen clouds that had kind of formed together and were traveling um they destroyed one of them and then they ended the hostilities as they tried to find a peaceful solution through this and now we've picked up where hank mccoy uh the beast the older beast because the younger x-men have been brought into the future uh the older beast says he has no solution there's no way to eliminate it uh without something terrible happening the x-men aren't going to stand for that and like the title suggests the inhumans are versus the x-men um as a big x-men fan uh, i kind of i got into superhero marvel comics Punisher first, which really didn't count, and then the X-Men. So I've always been, I've always had a soft spot for the X-Men. So I've always been wary of how the X-Men have been treated over the last few years. I've always liked Scott Summers, and when they turned him into like super jerk, it's been kind of annoying. And now, of course, he's the the older Scott Summers is is no longer with us. And um, so you get into this uh, as someone who has been following the X-Books through, but had not completely caught up. This does a very good job of kind of explaining to you where everything's at. If you haven't yes. read Death of X, uh, it tells you what happened and puts you in a spot where if you haven't been following the X-Men, you haven't been following the Inhumans, but this is the sort of thing that appeals to you, uh, a Civil War type, characters that, that you've liked before, like Magneto and Jean Grey and Storm, Cable, Old Wolverine. Man Logan. Uh, yeah, our Old Man Logan here. Uh, facing off against Black Bolt and Medusa, Crystal, and Johnny Storm, who is one of the liaisons to the Inhumans, and I believe in a relationship with Medusa. Um, and also Karnak, which if uh, if it ever finishes the Warren Ellis Karnak series should be fantastic. Uh, the, you can pick up this book and go. Le Lionel Francis Yu does the art, and I just lost the writer. It is Charles Soule. So it's Charles Soule and Jeff Lemire, two people who I enjoy a lot who've been uh, a big part of both of these franchises. Jeff Lemire is writing Extraordinary X-Men, which was kind of the flagship book, and Charles Soule is writing, um, I think he's writing both Inhumans titles. He's writing at least one of the two Inhumans titles. All new Inhumans are Uncanny Inhumans. So we get to this point where there's kind of the, the point of no return, and the X-Men have developed a plan. So a lot of this is just the setup of what the Inhumans are doing, what the X-Men are doing. Uh, they have kind of a conference discussing what the plan could be and how it's going to go going forward. I don't want to say too much more than that because it is an event type of book and it's right. hard to people. Um, yes, it's it it's not bad. It's a little inconsistent for me. I actually like the first half of it very well, where it kind of jumps around. Yeah, because you're going inhuman. Yeah, you get you get the inhumans as what they're going through, as they're they're trying to deal with this new reality as well as. Uh, the Terrigen Mist is changing people throughout the Earth, whether they want to or not. People who had no idea they were inhuman. Seeds that had been there for for years. And then we have the X-Men in this conference trying to decide what's the right thing to do. And I actually enjoyed that a lot. I love Yu's art. It's always been a, a, a something I've, I've really liked. He's got a very, a very hard, very grittily, very scratchy style, uh, but in a good way. It's, there's a lot of dark colors, a lot of dark shading. Um, yeah, he always gets great colorists. Yeah, there's really book. great colorists in it. Mohawk, uh, the storm has the mohawk again, which I love. So, I'm kind of on the fence of this book because 
I've always been one. I just kind of want, quote unquote, my X Men back. Sure, sure. The the, the Claremont run is iconic. Yeah, the Claremont, and then I got into it in the '90s with Lobdell and the Sia, which stuff that you know maybe now we people look back on it and go, oh, that wasn't very good. But at the time, that was it. It was so much better than the other stuff Marvel was putting out. Avengers was god awful. Right. Uh, most of their street heroes were terrible. Um, you had a Spider-Man book that would be good and then wouldn't be, and then it was kind of inconsistent. So the X-Men were it. Uh, so I read something like this and see where they're going and kind of where they've been. And it, it, it always kind of, I want more to a certain degree. And I kind of think they may have gone too far where you, you don't really know how to get back from this sort of thing. Uh, but it still makes for an interesting story as there's really not a bad guy in this. The Inhumans want to continue their species, but of course continuing the Inhumans means death to the X-Men. Um, I don't know. I, I I guess at the end, I really don't know how I feel about this book. It's it's. I know it's an interesting story, but there's a part of me that I'm always going to root for the X-Men. I sure, don't, I don't sure. have any love for the Inhumans. So it's really, the Inhumans go away. I'm fine with it. I have no idea. Right. Well, um, even me reading the book, I felt very much the angle of... It, sort of from the point of view of the X fan who sort of feels like the X books are being cast aside, rumors abound and clickbait out there, but yeah, but, but also remember the seven new titles that are coming. Of course. And actually make, course. Me, make me excited because they're doing X-Men Blue and X-Men Gold. Yeah. Which if you're a fan of the 90s with X-Men number one with Lee and Claremont, that was the split of the team. Uncanny was gold and X-Men was blue. Right. So it's almost a sense of getting through this. I want to see where they go with those yes. new ones. And yes. that's, that's where to like my excitement's going. I want to see where they get to, where they're doing X-Force, they're doing Cable, they're doing Wolverine, they're doing Blue and Gold, and there's one more that's in there that all of a sudden escapes me, I'm pretty sure. Um, but Same. that's the kind of thing, yeah, to get to it, we've got to go through this to a certain degree. Right, to get to the light at the end of the tunnel, you yeah. got to go through this kind of battle. But it definitely did feel like they were trying to say, hey, we understand how you feel about the X-Books just a little bit, because the characters themselves are saying, look, we're sort of being relegated off to the side here. Yeah, this is this is the end, sort of. Yeah, Beast basically says this is the end. There's nothing Yeah, it's do. a very meta commentary on, I think, the way people feel more so than yeah. the actual treatment of the X-Men. So I did appreciate that. Plus, one of my favorite X-Men characters, Phantom X, makes a return in this book. Forge is in it, too. Forge and is Forge. one of my favorites. I love Forge. I always loved Forge when I was younger because I like that ponytail was so awesome. Right. And when Jim Lee drew him, he always had that kick-ass, like huge sci-fi gun. You're like, yeah, that guy's awesome. Um, always remember him shooting uh, Chaod in Uncanny X Men. It was two seventy five or two seventy four, the Star Jammer, where he just unloads two pistols into him and he's just standing there like that didn't do anything. Well, this sucks, <laughs> and runs away. But Forge was always one of my favorites, and he's in this book as well. Um, yeah, in terms of the meta commentary, you could take it a step further where beast is saying this is the end there's nothing we can do and the x-men decide to fight back sure they say that you know we've we've always been up against this wall and this is what we do best we yeah. fight this is what scott summers taught us is when they put you completely up against the wall and the firing squad is in front of you you're not just going to stand there and take it you're going to break right. the bonds and go after them. so that's kind of what this book is and if anything, it should lead to a lot of eye candy as you have characters that have very cool and very different and very exciting powers. Yeah. Black Bolt is in it. There is a confrontation with him that I think ends very coolly. Uh, very oh, and I love coolsome. even just the uh, Lionel Francis use uh, design sense. Yeah. Uh, not only for the costuming of the characters, but the way he does his layouts. Uh, the, the, you were talking about um, uh, Black Bolt. There's a where he's wearing this beautiful tuxedo. Yeah. He's got his little antennas as a crown mm -hmm. that he's walking through this hotel for this gala night. 
just very well it's his club it's his uh, his nightclub club. yeah the the, the quiet room is his club i love it and it's it's very very slick it looks really really good the characters look great yeah his tux is uh he's got a trench coat that has the black bolt white bolts the accents from his yeah it's basically his costume but it's done as a as a suit yeah. As if he was wearing the suit. No, it's it's fantastic. It, and it looked... If one thing, you you know it's not going to look terrible. Um, I, I do like his Magneto. I think he gives Magneto a sense of of, of perso- per, uh, purpose. Gorgon in here looks great. Emma looks fantastic in it. Um, the way they've changed kind of Karnak's character has been great. Even Emma Frost. I mean, if you're, you're, you're back into the Cheesecake days, it, and Emma Frost looks fantastic in this as well. So it's a very good-looking book. It's a very interesting idea. Magneto's actions, I think, uh, as someone who's always enjoyed Magneto as that anti-hero or anti-villain, whichever side you want right. him to fall on, but he kind of fears towards the other. Um, it's it's a it's a decent start. Like I said, I don't know exactly. I, I can't get behind it 100% simply because my X-Men bias, I think, is there. Sure, sure. Um, but... You, you could do a lot worse. We've seen a lot worse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. And, and it is nice, especially because you've got Magneto who, you know, you've got some issues where he's murdering a million people on some island somewhere. But then you have something like this where the, the irony kicks in and he's like, I can't watch my people exterminated again. Yeah. And then by you, a gas. By, I mean, by it, yeah. a gas. That's what always made Magneto a, a wonderful. In, in an age in which we take so many villains and we try to we try to give them a contrived backstory that makes you relate with them to a certain degree. Magneto always had that. And it was so natural right. when Claremont made his, his story connected to Auschwitz connected to the Germans in world war two, to the Nazis. And in terms of a motivation was much more yes. stronger. You understood to a certain degree what he was doing, even when sometimes he wasn't doing it the way that anyone would want him to. Right. But it makes his his opposition to Charles and Scott uh, so much more personal. And also in the points where he would renounce what he was doing and fight on the side. Then the power is needed there. Um, uh, all of a sudden, I completely just forgot his name. Kieran Gillen's Uncanny X-Men uh, after Schism, where right. Scott puts the team together. I still remember when he asks uh, Aurora, when he asks Storm to join the team, she's like, I'm not going to join this team. He's like, look who I have on my team. I have Magneto, who's killed a billion people. I have Emma. Yes, she's my girlfriend, but she had the Hellions. Uh, I have a whole bunch of people who are, I, I got Namor, I got unstable, crazy, powerful people. I need someone whose moral compass is, is straight ahead, who we can also, one-on-one, can actually take any one of these yeah, people. Yeah. Um, it was a great moment, and you realize what kind of team he had built as a power team. But that Magneto had a huge part in that. Uh, and the uncanny team after when Cyclops goes crazy after uh, uh, AVX. So now we have IVX. Uh, right. So that's a, that's in Humans versus X Men. This week also sees, again, from Marvel, all three of our books are actually Marvel books this week. Uh, is Hawkeye, Kelly Thompson, Leonardo Romero, Jordi Belair doing colors. This is uh, Kate Bishop the other Hawkeye. This is not Clint Barton. If you read Matt Fraction's run, you know that Kate plays a big part in it. Uh, if you read Jeff Lemire's run, the all-new Hawkeye, she has a big part in that as well. She kind of breaks off from uh, being Clint's partner slash, you know, he treats her as a sidekick, but more often than not, she's the one that's kind of teaching him as Clint's kind of gone nuts. We know Clint is in Occupy Avengers. Yes. We know that he has, uh, he has killed Bruce Banner at Bruce's request in Civil War. So Kate has moved out west 
to establish a private investigation firm here. Uh, she's kind of going the Jessica Drew uh, or um, Jessica Jones. There's a lot of Jessicas that are private yeah. investigators. I just realized that Jessica Jessica Drew, Drew a Spider Woman, runs a private investigation firm yes. with Ben Ulrich, Jessica and then Jessica Jones. Jones obviously has Alias Investigations, which you see on the title page. She has that card, right, where they're there. putting together like their business license. Yeah, it's the uh, the the application for for a PI license in yeah. the state of We've California. I wonder if that price is right. This is the body. You must submit the licensing fee. $225 for your application package. I wonder if that's true in the state of California. If it is $225 to apply for a PI license. If you know, yeah, please let us, uh, know. let us know in the comments uh, whether or not that is accurate to get a private investigation license. There was a point, my friend Aaron and I, he was like, he got addicted to Dog the Bounty Hunter oh, for God. a little bit. But there's a point where we're watching it going, we could do this. We could sure, be bounty hunters. Sure. We could totally do this. We don't. Uh, neither of us are criminals. We pass our background checks. I can I can shoot a gun. I could probably carry. I don't know if we get a crossbow or anything. Let's get crossbows. It was like a whole night where we planned out becoming bounty hunters in the state of California. <laughs> I was like, we should probably move and do some cool stuff. But if we get crossbows, man, we'd be so cool. And this is way, way pre-Daryl from Walking Dead. Sure, like, sure. We were going to be the ones like, we have crossbows, man. You run from us. I'm putting an arrow through your... Through your uh, through your thigh to see you go down it's fascinating to watch the culture shift because i i, I knew dog the bounty hunter was done when yes when when south park did an <laughs> entire episode with eric as as dog <laughs> beth baby second beth, 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 beth. <laughs> hey i brought you in but it's all right go with god oh my god and that episode is amazing them. that's one of my favorites it's absolutely it is, it is one, one of my, my favorite episodes. i love beth which is just two round mounds for her for her lady, her top lady parts, and you just see her forehead. Just the forehead and the, and, she, and, the yeah, and the blonde hair. And the blonde hair. Oh, that is such a the, the video. Can we go find my brother now? Hold on, we just got one more shot. Um, so back to Kate Bishop is attempting to be a private investigator. She is in Venice, and she witnesses a heist. She stops that, and she's waiting for customers, and she finally gets a customer who is being harassed online. She Well, she, coincidentally, or uh, comically enough, she stops the, the bad guys from the... Uh, the from Point Break. From Point Break, yes. yes the, With the uh, Rick, Richard Nixon mask and I uh, Ronald Reagan mask there. Ronald so Reagan. fun little movie reference there. Yeah, and Poss, it looks like maybe George W. Off of well, that might, I think that might be Carter. Oh, maybe Carter. I think in that shot, it's probably or Carter. that one looks like uh, Clinton. It could be Clinton too, but it might be Carter. Um, anyway, so yeah, uh, she goes through this trying to find this person. It looks like an easy investigation, and then things become the very end. Is, of course, is, is, things get, are larger than they are. Yeah, um, Kelly Thompson, someone I haven't really read from before. Uh, I really loved Jeff Lemire's run. I really loved Matt Fraction's run, which oh, a lot yeah. of people did. Um, I enjoy Kate Bishop as a character. It looks good. Uh, it's got art along the lines of, of David Aha or um, Martin Marcos, who did uh, or Marcos Martin, who did um, uh, Matt Fraction's run at the beginning. There, it looks good. It's not bad, but as you said, it, it almost tries too hard to become socially aware in a way yeah, and, uh, it, like it takes on this cyber bullying sure. type of feel to it for someone she's running a blog and she stops running it because she gets threats she gets, yeah she gets to twitter she gets trolled and then um which is a which is a very real uh fear and thinking that the way that she's being trolled that there's a physical uh, element to it that this person is following her and tries to hire kate to find out who this person is 
and be able to move on from there. So at least identify who this person is. Uh, so that's there, but there's, it's a lot of the jargon trying to yeah, be trying to be hip in, in the piece there, but there's a really funny tone to it when you get, uh, where she's taking customers as like a montage scene. It's very much like a Brian Michael Bendis scene yes. that he's had for a yes. long time where these people keep coming in and going, where's Hawkeye? Where's Clint? Uh, yeah. the way that she has where's the a, dentist. Yeah. She has a private eye. So she has an eye on her for her stupid sign. So people think that it's an optometrist, which is great. You know, that she's yes. a girl. Whatever. So there's, there's a good humor to it. There's some humorous points that she points out as well. Um, the first page says that, they're, she's not going to pay the two twenty five for the license, so she's you know I'm, I'm a private investigator, I'm a rebel without a license uh, investigator. So I like some of the tone. Yeah, I don't know if some of the execution is is amazing in terms. Of, I, I love the art. The art I think is oh the great. art's fantastic. The art I think is the fantastic. Art is, is so. Very much follows in the same footsteps of uh, the previous. And uh, I love the cover. Hawk the cover's Islands. got a pulp book. You know, pulp. Uh, a, a pulp novel type feel to it. Yeah. There's a spyglass in Venice, 399 cents. It's, it's painted. It looks great. Adorable, adorable archer takes aim on danger. So I love the cover. I think the cover is fantastic too. So it's an intriguing start. Much like IVX, it's something that intrigues me. Um, it may not be something where I go, oh my God, you have to go get this. You have to go get this. Uh, but it's something that intrigues me. My, oh my God, you have to go get this. Go get this book for this week though. Is Dr. Strange, the Punisher, Magic, Magic Bullets. Bullets. Um, one of my favorite pieces of Original Sin, which was a uh, uh, one of these event minis that they did spring two years ago, two and a half years ago, two and a half years ago maybe, uh, where the Watcher is killed. Yeah. And this cosmic magic team of investigators is put together. So it's Doctor Strange and Doctor Voodoo and like Mister Fantastic and these type of people, and uh, Doctor Strange is paired with Frank Castle, the Punisher, Punisher, because, as they said, someone got shot. Who knows more about shooting people than Frank Castle? In Within that miniseries, which was written by Jason Aaron, their dynamic was awesomely hilarious. It was so fantastic. Again, I'm a huge Punisher fan. I've always loved Frank. And the way that he interacts with some of these other heroes, and the way the heroes interact with him is going, I can't condone what you do, but I'm also not arresting you right away. Right. So we're just going to sort of wait and see. Um, the uh, Punisher most wanted when the Avengers are after him, Jason Aaron's end, or I'm sorry, um, Greg Rucka's end to his Punisher run is fantastic because he has these characters kind of talk about, you know, even Thor sitting there going, I'm not going to waste my time stopping you. You haven't done anything bad in, in a way. Right. You know, you haven't, you haven't killed the moment you kill someone innocent, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come get sure, you. Sure, sure. You know, I'm throwing you in an Asgard prison. You're never coming back to Earth. Um, so here we well, have also sh- did the same thing in Civil War with Mark Miller's run. That's that second yeah. issue where they're chasing down uh, a couple villains are chasing down Spider Man, and the Punisher blows them away. And of yeah. course, these villains are now government agents. But they bring him in for the resistance, and Captain America's like, "Are you kidding? You can't yeah, bring there's this. No way. There's you no can't way. bring this nutcase." Well, he kills he kills someone in Cap's camp because it's a villain yes. who's on the he doesn't want to be a part of the registration act, so he's on the run, and he's <laughs> and but it's just blam just we don't work with away. those people yeah get this freak out of here whatever which then turns into the weird Matt Fraction run where he where Frank is so like Cap starts beating him up and he's like I'm not fighting you I'm never gonna fight you sort of thing and then he's wearing his uniform for a little while he's got it was that it was, war journal run was bizarre yes um from the very start i love this book 
John Barber does uh, John Barber, excuse me, does the writing. Uh, Jason Murr and Andrea Brocardo, Bocardo, Bocardo, Bro, Brocardio, Brocardio. Man, they have got to give like pronunciations in these credits now. B R O C C A R Brocardo, Brocardo. Okay, um, are the artist Andreas Andres Mosa does the colors. Classic Punisher in the beginning walks into a restaurant full of mobsters. Mob restaurant <laughs> just kills everybody. Oh yeah, he puts the two guns that he walks in with right under the guy's yeah. heads, blows He's them away, blown. and then just the first page of the 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 characters. New recruit. The new yeah, they, they all they recruits is talking to him. A guy who wants to get in with these mobsters that own this restaurant as they're waiting in line to get in. It's so well done, um, and then just him running through killing people, and. It gets to a door, and the guy says, I know you're here for the door. He says, what door? What are you I'm just here to kill people. I'm just here to kill mobsters. And then he opens the door, and something behind the door is is no bueno. So then we right. run into Strange. Uh, Strange is fighting a monster in this the realm that like, magic exists in it, and uh, as he puts like the cracks of the universe, um, magic is much different in the Marvel Universe right now, if you've been following Doctor Strange. Uh, his the way that he's fighting. If you saw the movie, that's not the way he's fighting right. anymore. Um, he has to use artifacts that contain magic. It's not just hand gestures. It's a little more Hellboy. Yeah, he's got he's got an axe. He's got a shield. Goes back home, and Frank shows up and says, "I need your help with this." That's the basis for it. The execution is fantastic. Right. I we still don't know exactly what it was that Frank saw. That's the beauty of it. They did a really good hook with the transition between the story of yeah. We see the mobsters the going through the door, and, and they they've brought their own kind of mystic, mystic to, to to do this. The, the the joy of the book is in the way the two of them play off each oh, other. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The action is almost a a, a secondary piece, uh, but really well done. I was looking forward to this book because that was my favorite part of Original Sin was was Frank and Stephen being together. And this kind of weird dynamic, and here that same flavor that Jason Aaron brought right. to that in Original Sin, uh, Barbara brings here into this. The dialogue is fantastic between the two of them. It's funny, the the it's funny, it's poignant, it's pushy, um, it's it's dry in a lot of places in all the right places. It's really, really, it's really good. good. I mean, and, I mean, it just, uh, just this team up is so bizarre, but so good. It worked so well, even yeah. in the Secret Wars Battle World stuff, yeah. where Doctor Strange's spirit was trapped in the Punisher's body, and they developed this bizarre, unlikely friendship. So, yeah. I'm, I really, I almost really forgot about that piece, but yeah, no, I, I really like it. There's some, there's some fun moments because they've had one. And Jason Aaron's writing the the Doctor Strange book, and one of the, the things that he has fun with is that idea that. As the Sorcerer Supreme for so long, when magic was prevalent in the Marvel Universe, Steven could take a lot of shortcuts that he can no longer use. And so it, in a humbling sense, but in a humorous sense, it's, you know, the idea that he used to be able to just look at anybody. Now he's got to go do investigating stuff. He... Uh, he would be able to feel where these demons or monsters would be. And now he has to wait for other people to tell him and stuff like that. That's here as well. So there's some great pieces, uh, some great poignant parts like that where he, you know, and, and nobody else believes, but Frank's just telling him like, just do the magic stuff. And Steve's like, I can't, you I can't don't anymore. understand. I can't, it's gone. It's different. So it's the two of them trying to figure this out. And it's, yeah. it's really, really And it's good. also his job as Sorcerer Supreme to actually evolve when the way magic works change. Uh, and I, I dug it a lot. It definitely brought a lot of the, uh, like I said before, a lot of the Hellboy feel of, oh, you need this reliquary. Oh, you need you need a little bit of the bone from this special saint. 
to be able to see things. Yeah. You need something that's enchanted in a specific way. So it, it's more like the old-fashioned style magic than the very Marvel Steve Ditko, you know, I wave my hand around, create a portal into another dimension. So yeah, very, very cool. And the most unlikely team-up is some of the most fun stuff that Marvel's yeah, done if it's, last if few it's years. Done, if it's done like this, um, where it, it, it's got to be somebody that takes that humor point of it. Yes. I mean, it's it's a... It's the odd couple as cops, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's so much. It's funny to go back and watch the odd couple and realize that almost every every pairing that you've had since then, like, oh yeah, that's just the odd. Okay, so the, like that was genius. It was totally oh, genius yeah. in the '70s to make the odd couple because you're like, oh yeah, that's that's what this that's what this everything is. that came everything after that comes is after basically is all that. And it's got Doctor Strange with a mystical shotgun uh, right yeah, on the cover, so cool. you you can't miss it. His is yeah, his mystical shotgun with Frank with his sort of weirdly designed submachine gun thing it's because he's so bulky on the cover yes he dude he's ripped but yeah the i it's it, you know it also reminds me of it reminds me a little bit of uh, the way that uh constantine works in the dc universe as well it's got a, again you need a lot of that you need you, there's physicality to magic that requires ancient artifacts and stuff that i really really dig and it, it gives uh it gives the writers a lot more fun especially if they have to find some kooky artifact and of course he's got yeah giant, i mean he got a giant enchanted axe yeah you got you, you put that part in where where you can now have threats that aren't as easily dispatched. dispatched that's a good word um so it's it's more it, it, the, the stakes are a little bit higher in terms of what your main characters you know steven's almost as vulnerable as frank is yeah you know because yeah. he can't just do the little you know, I love you hand motion and turn it. He can't just Dr. Stuff. Orpheus's way out of things anymore. Oh, Dr. Orpheus. The new season needs to happen soon. Hey, it's uh, it's all right. We I, I I again I'm forever amused the people who are watching Westworld are like I got to wait 2 years yeah. for another season I go, "Oh, you sweet summer child. I am yeah. a Venture Brothers fan. I've waited Hell, five half years. that stuff for Venture Brothers half the stuff from from Adult Swim type stuff took forever. Oh yeah, Rick and Morty. Rick again, and Morty. When they complain like, "Oh, we got like two years between seasons," like again, Venture Brothers fan, I've had to wait almost five years between seasons. Yeah, you get those, and, and also the fact that at the end of it, there's no, there was so much of, of not even knowing that you were going to have another season. Like the right. end of every season, uh, until season five, like the end of season three, you're like, that might be it. That might be the end of it. Uh, end of season four. I don't know if they're going to do this again. Right. It took them so long to do three. It wasn't the end of five where they're like, we are coming back next year. You know, or, or we are coming back. There will be a season six. There's been five seasons, and that show started when I was There's in six high seasons, school. isn't there? Uh, six seasons. There's six seasons, because season six is... Six season seasons. four is amazing. Season six is... Is... is amazing um, writing. So good. Yeah. And the end of it is fantastic. But that show started when I was in high school. And Sebastian had, is 85 years old and, now. Yes. So the, the show started in 1937. <laughs> the animation was amazing back, back then. then oh, so smooth. It so was so smooth. incredible. Astro Base Go. Didn't even know about space. But yeah. They, they, they had a space station. They had Astro Base. Yeah. But yeah, that uh, that show's been going on for a for a long time, but also, oh, only six seasons. Well. Yeah. There's not a lot of episodes for it. Well, it's, it's like some of the BBC type stuff where Sherlock yeah. is like, oh, Sherlock's been around for five years. There's only six episodes or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, it's like we had a three episode total. season. Um, stuff like that. So yes, Doctor Strange, Punisher, Magic Bullets uh, is the pick of the week for that us. Is, yeah, definitely the most fun. I just was grinning the entire issue. 
That is going super fast. It's zoomed in. Sorry, we have oh, okay. I got my computer here as we're recording. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I was like very confused watching it go like, are we in double speed? That's always fun to, to listen to stuff at like two speeds on, on iTunes or whatever. Uh, so Doctor Strange Punisher is our pick of the week. IVX, pretty good, intriguing, Hawkeye, same thing. Some flaws for us. And again, a lot of twos and threes and fours that came out this week that are that are there. I read Green Valley three; it's fantastic. Good, I, I want to get it, to yeah, that. Yeah, it, it's it's very cool. Max Landis's Green Valley three, Motor Crush two was good. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I read today. Something else. Did I the read. Mark Miller book have another issue? Uh, his his sword and sorcery book. She gets sent over to the other world. Uh, the oh, Reborn three is out Reborn. this week. I have not yes. had a chance to read it yet, right. but Reborn three is out this week. Great. Uh, that's a big book, and we said Detectives out this week that we love. Um. Superman 10 gets a second printing. That's the first meeting yeah. of Damien and Clark. Or not Clark, uh, Jonathan. Jonathan, Ken. Which, is, which was hilarious. Yeah, and sold out before the book shipped. Yeah. Uh, they printed everything and everyone ended up off the well, that, was so, that was their big headline thing they were selling. Yeah, and yeah. when it came out, it was awesome. It was, yeah, it was awesome. Superman is definitely the one. January, the rebirth trades start coming out. Uh, Superman and Detective are the ones, I think, track those down and go for it. And Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman as well. Uh, I don't know if Wonder Woman starts in January because they, um, I think they're collecting the two storylines separate. Okay. I can't okay. remember. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I think I remember that they were. Yeah. They might be doing six and six. They may actually be doing, because there's 12 issues now, so they may actually do six and six and just okay. wait a year for the other. I'm not sure. But yes, there'll be ones like that. I think uh, that'll do it for this week. Next week, I think you and I can come up with some best of the stuff for the I'm year. I'm fine with that. We'll, take uh, we'll, we'll talk about can. some things, especially at that point, that'll be the 14th. You've got 10 days to buy gifts for your friends. We'll tell you what to go out and get. If you're your comic friends that aren't cool like you, aren't cool like us, we'll tell you what trades and tchotchkes and cool things that we oh, yeah. saw here in 2016 yeah. to try and track down and this get. This last year saw a lot of amazing books. Yeah, you'll see some really good stuff. You'll see some good, great reprinted stuff. You'll see some new stuff that's there, you know, stuff like Vision, which everybody loves, but also stuff that maybe was under the radar, like uh, Omega Men. Oh, yeah. Something that's, that's on a bunch of, like, top 10, top 20 lists for the year. A book that completely flew under the radar and no one picked up, but all of a sudden the trade went into um, backstocked orderable from Diamond. They sold out at the warehouse, and if you nice. know Diamond, that's hard to do. That's a book yeah, that that's a... immediately gains. It hits the shelf, and it explodes as people start picking it up. It's a grassroots movement to come get that book in different places. The stores are out of it diamonds out of it they're waiting for dc to print it and it's finally back out and the stores are stocked with it but that's one of the things but we'll come up with a couple more titles and and, and fun things to get um next week we are little over 48 hours before rogue one are you seeing rogue one on thursday i'm probably either gonna go see it i'm definitely gonna go see it when it's out but uh i'm not waiting much longer than monday or tuesday to go see it. that's right you usually wait i like i like to go in the mornings so I can get a Friday. Friday morning's easy if you can. It, it, that's it, what Mikey's going. Yeah, but it's also one of those things too. Uh, school's starting to get out, so yeah, but that's until the end of the week. Okay. next week, next week will be because, like, well, LA Unified I think is probably out. But if you go to Ventura through there, you should be able to be okay. fine because the then, Canal uh, Valley School District. Then, you know, and all maybe that. Friday morning around nine or ten a.m. Yeah, that's usually when Mikey goes, and it's not too bad. So yes, I'm, I'm stoked. I, I'm excited the as well. The very few things I've seen, I've been scrolling through as fast as I can, 
but I know there's been positive feedback for it. So hopefully it is the movie that I was hoping for in all of my fears and trepidations. If you follow the Nerdable show, our parent show, we, of course, the comic book arm of the Nerdable show, you know that uh, we expressed some concern. With, expressed with, concern. With yes. a month and a half or two months of reshoots. Um, but hopefully hopefully all of that concern is, is way laid to the side and this becomes a favorite I'm kind of in that star Wars mode actually watched force awakens over the last like two nights. You know, you're old and you don't have time when you start watching a movie like at 10 going, it's going to take me like three nights to watch this. Yeah. Watching it in chunks of about 20 to 40 minutes. So yeah. Oh yeah. No. And I'm hoping I'm, I mean, there's no doubt it'll do well, but I'm hoping it, I'm hoping it's quality is at a point where they can actually move onto their goal of not needing the Skywalker legacy to be the yeah, forefront of the it's, Star it's, Wars movie. It's, it's, and we mentioned it, I think, last week on um, on Nerdables or the week before, where I said I think actually the Han Solo movie is a step backwards. Yes, in a strange way. I, I, I would agree Instead of doing new that. and original. The hope is we get past episode nine and, and they have some original pieces that will come out with characters that we right. don't know. I mean, even here we have a huge event that it's attached to, which I think was a good thing to do for the beginning. There's a lot of the story that they're trying to tell is a little bit of a risk because it's with characters we don't know. Yeah. Um, but the main characters, so there's some pieces in there. Obviously, we've seen Mon Mothma. We know that Darth Vader's in it. Um, and obviously, it has something to do with the entire crux of A New Hope, which is the yes. Death Star. But it has that piece that's connected to it. It has pieces that are new to it. So, very exciting time. Oh, yes. It's oh, yeah. just trying to get through this. It's I like still, Christmas. It is, it is, it is like, crazy. It is like, You're Christmas. just sitting there going like, come on, Santa, bring me some Rogue One. Come on. I'm just, I've, I've looked at my phone over and over again to make sure my tickets are still in there. Make sure they don't Thursday at disappear. 7.30. Like, it's still there, right? I still got tickets, right? I still got tickets, right? And I, um, I hope. I am really, I really do hope that somebody turns that Obi-Wan Western into something. That's the, yeah. That's, yeah. If, if somebody were to ever. For those of you that it. haven't listened to the main, our Nerdables, one, one of my favorite stories, and I think Sebastian's too, yes. is John Jackson Miller's Kenobi book, which takes place immediately after episode three when he first gets to Tatooine. It's a man with no name, but Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, and really incredibly well done because the, he, John Jackson Miller's character that he gives Obi-Wan is fantastic. It, it's 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 highly recommended. So you get comic book recommendations from us. You get book recommendations from TV recommend, recommendations. Go out and find Bunch of Brothers if you've never seen it. Movie recommendations. I mean, it's there. We were talking earlier about how great Ghostbusters is. The original Ghostbusters. Don't waste your time with the Ghostbuster with the new Ghostbusters. I don't think you should waste your time with Ghostbusters too, because uh, it's bizarrely weird. I watched a little bit of that the other day too, and I was like, man, this is so different. Its biggest fault is playing it safe, uh, and it's a movie that, like, as a, for a Ghostbuster, it, the like, tone I, feels so much different. It does, but it's the same uh, archetypal. Hey, let's do the guy starting a business story all over again, which is like something that was wholly unnecessary. But I think when you have a hit like Ghostbusters and, and, and Ghostbusters 2 made a lot oh, yeah. of money, uh, even for its day. But I, it was one of those things that was completely unnecessary. I liked the idea of having been sued into oblivion for not doing anything to stop it. There's a, there's a fun irony in that, but they could have done something a little bit more, but I will say that as a Ghostbusters fan, the idea of Vigo the Carpathian is such an amazing villain. He's basically, you know, a, a Genghis Khan coming back. He's like a Vlad the Impaler coming back. The mysticism of that. So but I then think you get, and then you get Happy Goo, and then you get you get the mood slime, which again, I, I, you, you take it or leave it. I think the idea. The thing was the cart. Did the cartoon come out in between the two? Yes. So I, I think the problem with it yes. is the slime. They got so because uh, uh, of Slimer, they feel they seem like they got just enamored with this idea of slime. Sure, because you remember, sure everything was slime. That you remember, Masters of the Universe had that that 
playset for Hordak, who was She-Ra's bad right, guy, the with the slime oh, on him. The, it was the, so much slime. And I have, of course, Nickelodeon the, slime time. Oh, yeah. like well, that. I had the I had the I had the Ghostbusters firehouse as a kid, and it came with the pink slime that you dropped through the roof. There you go. But again, it's also a concept that I, I will say it's entirely possible that the movie's tone was affected by the animated series, but. Yeah. The animated series, 79 episodes, is amazing, and I feel like really the lighter tone that they interpreted from the show was misapplied. Yeah. Especially J. Michael Straczynski. Like, more cartoony than the cartoon. Yeah. And speaking of comic books, J. Michael Straczynski was the showrunner for 79 episodes, yeah. which is why that show oh, yeah. he had a was huge, fantastic. He had a huge, uh, Creator of Babylon career, 5, yeah. writer of Spider-Man say, for many years. When we when we first started talking about the, the Ghostbusters reboot, true reboot um or, or remake sorry true remake we mentioned the idea that we we thought that it should have been See, franchises yeah. and stuff he says when they mortgage ray's house the second time yeah. he says the franchise possibilities are endless and i remember just seeing the line as i was watching it the other night going see they were they yeah, knew it out. too you knew it 30 years ago oh, yeah. and you still dropped the ball oh, yeah. ray uh, uh i call him ray but it's uh, uh dan Aykroyd has always been adamant that the ghostbusters should be a franchise thing which yeah. is what they do in the comic book series yeah like the comic book Burnham. series has a whole bunch of fantastic new, new characters in it ghostbusters the video game that came out on the playstation 3 and the xbox 360 if you're looking for the true ghostbusters 3 which it is it's actually written by yeah. harold ramus and dan Aykroyd just before harold ramus passed away all of the original characters come back to voice, save for Sigourney Weaver and uh, Rick Moranis. So it's it is those two out of all of them, the ones that did. Show well, uh, well, interestingly enough, Rick Moranis was going to break his retirement streak to come back for the game, but with scheduling conflicts abound, he actually couldn't make it. So they have a nice little thing. You go to his desk in the firehouse, and he's got a little note on his computer that says, "Out sick with the flu." You know, I'll be back later. Interesting. Uh, so, no, if you're looking for a true Ghostbusters 3 experience where they actually do have the rookie, they're looking to expand their franchise, get the end of the game and the end credits, they try and sell him a franchise so he can leave. Uh, but with Harold- Yeah, you've told me some of the stuff of the yeah. game. It's fascinating, just the story of the game. I know um, there was a Jurassic Park game that they did like that, too. Yeah. Uh, later, where the, the someone had broken it down in terms, not necessarily of gameplay, but what the story would have been had this was like Jurassic Park yeah, 4. Yeah, uh, Telltale three, Games did the yeah. Jurassic Park game where it's, so you have the adventure of the movie, but then you have Dr. Harding who's still trapped on the island, a few scientists still trapped on the island, and the game sort of picks up at the point where the main cast has left their helicopter and they have their ride off into the sunset moment, but all the other people left on the island, the employees who couldn't make it to the boats who have to hunker down, they're the ones you're <laughs> stuck with. And then you have the team of people from InGen who are there like, Nendry never showed up. You gotta go find him. We've got millions of dollars on the line if he's if he can't make it. So that's who you encounter in the game. And they did some really fun stuff. And that's before they became big with things like Game of Thrones and Walking yeah, Dead. Yeah. And they were finding their footing. They also did a great Back to the Future sequel where you're traveling through time and you meet a younger Doc Brown. Isn't the one where the guy who did the voice of Marty is like more marty than yes marty yeah. could be or it's like his voice is spot on yeah he's a spookily good and it's it's christopher lloyd came back to be doc brown yeah for well, what else is he gonna do uh, he's not doing anything he's not doing anything else but i appreciate that you he's know it's just, like, he's why just sitting at home why don't we just ask christopher lloyd to do the voice why do we need to get I'm just taking my royalty checks yeah so no there's uh, yeah that uh so yeah telltale games well game recommendations go check out jurassic yeah, park game back recommendations. To the future. and See? uh the ghostbusters the video game i'm hoping they make that backwards compatible for the xbox one oh. Cross so, your fingers. Uh, my fingers are crossed because that is uh, that is one of my favorites. 
So that'll do it for this week. Uh, for my partner, Sebastian, this is Chris saying we will talk to you next week.